Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you joining us for the next three hours. We are ready to go. None more so than Fitty, who looks like a T206 tobacco baseball card. Wearing the stirrups, wearing the Mets jersey, Keith Hernandez, shout out. Mets hat, looks like a baseball player. That's what Wes walked into the fishbowl today. First thing he said, despite no greeting, was like, yo, Fitty looks like a <laughs> baseball card today. <laughs> looks just like it. You put a picture out there on your profile pic today, right? Yeah, it was a picture. Of that, that was from last year. I've also noticed something about you, Slim. Oh, let's hear Uh-oh. this. Oh, Walker great. is big on the greetings because he gets mad at me that I walk in and he addresses me and I don't talk back. And then, Wes, he just came after you. He did, didn't he? I did, it, was it, wasn't, it, it was subtle. It, it wasn't. I don't get angry at all. I just wanted to showcase that it's the first thing on Wes's mind is that, yo, I got to tell Walker about how fit he looks. You are weird with greetings because you'll walk in the fishbowl. I'll say what's up, and this is him every time. And I, you can you can attest to this too. You know I'm not exaggerating. Every single time, <sighs> and then say something like whatever. It's not hey, hello. Swim. I'm with you though. I'm all for formal greetings, so I apologize for that. Today. In fact, can I? I'm gonna speaking of this. This actually takes us into a completely different area, but this is what often happens here at the beginning of the show on Wes and Walker because Wes Bryant. I used to get a little, like, not scared, but I needed to make sure I was on my P's and Q's when texting Wes, because Wes even told us, you remember this, Fiddy, during the group chat when we started it? <laughs> Wes, just as we're kind of letting each other know how we operate in our own individual lives, Wes said, I'm big on morning greetings, or I'm big on formal greetings. That you remember right. that? And so, yeah. so when I would text him, whether I was asking him to come on the show and talk ACC football, or whether I was talking to him about coming on Locked on Hornets, Anytime I would, I would I would start off the text and say, "Hey, you good to come on at 12? He'd say, "Good morning," and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> was, uh, maybe." I was like, "I hope I didn't." I do that to him. everybody. Too. I was like, "I hope I didn't offend him." But no, now, no, not at all. So so now we're all good. But I remember back in the day, he'd be like, "Good morning." Yes, let's go. Like it would always be like that. I was like, "Oh God, I hope it doesn't come across like, hey, do this thing I'm asking you to do. I don't care about how your morning is going." <laughs> and I always was a little self conscious. Did you did you think I was just a jerk when I would ask? you that sort of no sort no of no not at all but i know man you know that's just me and a lot of people i talk to do that and so i'll i'll say that or whatever you did and text friends, us in the group chat you said i'm big on formal greetings. yeah man you know i'm trying to get greetings. people formal greetings and stuff like that man <laughs> and know? then you realize what kind of guy fitty was you're like oh, okay we can be reckless off the rip with him yeah 100 he's uh, just a savage he is a savage so fitty is dressed in a full baseball uniform because it is opening day I want to do some kind of visit to the mound segment, and I think we're going to do that at the very end of the show, right? Is that what we're going to do? Visit to the mound instead of on this day in sports history? Yeah, I think I bullied you into it with my finger guns during the during the pre-show. So weird. But you've you've been giving us some weird movements lately. The last two days, slow motion dancing. Also today, just now, Flounder was shook as well. Well, <laughs> what you had was you had your middle fingers out, and then you were dancing, saying we're going to talk baseball today, and then you were flipping everybody off and nobody off at the same time. So that what was going on with you. We start off on a weird note, just as we do every single day here on Wes and Walker. So speaking of Fitty, the bus driver, why don't you go ahead and pull up to the scene, man. Open up the doors. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! 
Let's start off with Wes's night out last night. He was involved in a screening of Air, the movie that involves the business side of Michael Jordan and Nike getting the shoe deal done. At least the shoe deal got done, right, Wes? Yes, like it, it did. did. Eventually. It I don't did want to play get spoiler, done. but the shoe deal getting done on the business side, the star-studded cast, Ben Affleck, mm-hmm. Matt Damon, Viola Davis, Chris Tucker, goodness gracious, it was crazy. What did you think of the movie, Wes? That you uh, got to, to put it plain and simple, I thought the movie was trash. Wow. Okay? Listen, so coming strong. into the movie, they said this thing, they were they were touting it, saying it had a 100% fresh score from Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going in like, well, what could this movie tell me that I already don't know? I watched the 30 for 30 on Sonny Vaccaro. I was well versed in it, but I just thought it was very boring. And sorry, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to give any spoilers. I guess my question is, how can you give spoilers away for something that's based on a true story? And plus, there's been so many docu like it's not a documentary. Because, because I could, one of my big gripes is basically the, the the pace of the movie and where it takes place and stuff like that. And so I don't want to, you know, give people already to let that's them fine. know what, what's going on. But yeah, man, I, I just I didn't like it. It was really all trash to that kind of volume, huh? I mean, it wasn't trash, like cringeworthy trash, but just as far as what I expected, what I thought going into it, man, I, I just wasn't feeling it. All I right. didn't like it. Fitty, you had some comments? And okay. I did think it was corny, the fact, sorry to cut y'all, I good. did think it was corny that um, the Michael Jordan in the movie, you can never see his face. And I thought that was lame. Okay. Just, all right, so I'll ask you, because <laughs> we were actually talking about this coming down to do the show the other day, comparing... This movie's excitement for the 30 for 30 that ESPN did. Yeah. You know, how does it compare to that? Because that 30 for 30 is an all-timer. Well, this 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 movie just focused on the central act of him getting Jordan to Nike. Nike basketball being just an afterthought at the headquarters. And him taking the gamble and all the lengths he went to to get Michael Jordan there. This wasn't like the totality of his story that 30 for 30 told all the crazy things that he did. This was just based on that one central moment. Did you get the popcorn and the slushy? What oh, you, what, come on. What was now. the go-to no for you? Way. We, we had a, because my girl, the last one we went to, because she had an issue with her seat and how it was working, uh, they gave her a free um, popcorn voucher. No, amazing. So we had that taken care of. It's good as cash. Yeah, and then just got a couple of drinks, and then I'm an AMC Rewards member, so I had the $5 reward on there as well. So I paid like $8 for a couple of drinks. Yeah, it's an amazing night out. Good let's, to go. Let's take it to the text line. I think we've <laughs> asked this before, but 704-570-9610, what is your go-to movie snack or Oh, yeah, snacks, that's a good question. Plural, what is the go-to movie experience that you people have? people always say popcorn and candy. And yes. Like, Oh yeah, Reese's Pieces, man. <laughs> yeah, Fitty. Yeah. Do you get element. both? Do you yeah. get? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, that that guy was turned on heavy by what you said. Popcorn again? Yes. Because <laughs> sometimes we'll get popcorn and the the uh, the pretzel bites. The pretzel bites are very good, 100. percent They just take a while. Though. You I, have it, to wait on. It was funny. The last time I went to the movies, I forget. It wasn't it wasn't crazy long ago. But I was looking at the popcorn sizes, and one of the sizes, it might not have even been the largest one. It said 85 ounces. I'm like, goodness gracious! <laughs> it's so much. It's so much popcorn. What is the candy of choice for Josh Fitty Marlowe? Also, for me, I go Reese's Pieces. Wes, you said you get the pretzel bites. Yeah. Are you a nacho cheese or a mustard guy for your pretzel? Nacho cheese. No, no, no. Here. We get the the cinnamon sugar ones, oh, and then okay, they give us the, the sweet ones. Yeah, very good. Yeah. 
I'm a big icy guy. I need the icy in my hand. I'm going to go with the popcorn, too, for sure. But I need the icy. And I try very hard to not drink all of it before the actual movie starts during the credits. So I try to show up late because the movie starts like 15, 20 minutes after it actually yeah. says it's going to start. Mm-hmm. So I usually try to wait until very late to go get the icy. And then I'm going to be drinking it throughout the whole show. Have you ever bought the souvenir stuff? I have not. I, I do see it sometimes. Um, I'm trying to think the last movie that I was tempted to do so was probably The Batman. But I do. I never do it. And they always offer me to upgrade because, like I said, I have the rewards deal. But like Walker said, it's just so big. We got a bucket once. But it's so much popcorn. And the scary part is, if I get it, one of the reasons I don't get it is because I know I'll probably eat. Yeah, it's hard to stay away. All from of it. it. Oh yeah, it's just like the chips. And, <laughs> it's just like the chips and queso on the table. You're yeah, not gonna stop eating it if can. it's there in front of you. A couple people, you guys are degenerates. You stop it on the text line. A lot of people have talked about sneaking in snacks. I've never done it. What? My girlfriend has done it with some wow. candy in the purse, but I don't really have candy hanging around like that. And so when I go to the movie theater, I just go ahead and get the popcorn and the icy. I'm not going to get the sweets. But my girlfriend has done it maybe once or twice, not many. But it seems like you are very much so a part of the degenerate class sneaking in snacks. I've never done it as an adult, but my mom used to take me and my five cousins to the $2 movie theater in Matthews back in the day. That is country, boy. That's how we watched a lot of movies. And she would take in her purse into uh, canned Cokes and crackers. And then we would get the little, like, $5 little popcorn thing that you could get with some candy and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But she took her drinks and stuff like that with her, so... I don't blame people, man. Like it's hard. It's, it's expensive. Hard, it's hard paying eight bucks that for is. a soda. Um, yeah, yeah. Nine eight yeah. said didn't realize we had some high rollers on WFNZ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it, it is. It what is expensive. Burger. NASCAR Brad said cookie dough bites are the goat. Yes, they are so good. No doubt about it. With the cookie dough bites, um, and a couple of other ones we'll get to here in just a moment. I did want to at least inform people about some of the latest news here. I think it happened just a little bit earlier today, if I'm not mistaken. Fitty West, Mark Mitchell is coming back to Duke. Yep. We do have Another that confirmed. One. So now Duke not only gets Tyrese Proctor coming back to their basketball program to play next year, Mark Mitchell is going to do the same. And Kyle Filipowski, he might do the same exact thing. Now, you brought it up a mm-hmm. couple weeks ago, and I just kind of brushed it off, Wes. You said if Kyle Filipowski comes back, I said he's not going to. Way wrong. Not only is there now a possibility he comes back, it looks like he is going to come back with Filipowski. Mark Mitchell, of course, I, I'm not surprised at all. I would have been surprised had he gone pro yeah. here. Dariq Whitehead is gone, but with Mitchell, with Proctor, and if Filipowski comes back on top of the McDonald's All-Americans West, preseason number one probably, right? Yeah, and they said uh, somebody just posted that Derek Lively on his uh, Instagram post posted a shot of him and the crew with the uh, ACC championship trophy. So that could be a uh, cryptic tweet. Lively's going to be post, interesting. As they like to say. So I definitely think he should come back. But if he comes back and Filipowski comes back. But the thing is, in college sports, it always seems like the sure thing never is. It's like Duke will come back next season. They'll be preseason number one. They may run rough shot through everybody. But can they get the championship? It always seems that way in college sports and football. 
and basketball teams that are supposed to be these juggernauts, unstoppable, never seem to get the job done. Yeah, and we'll see about Duke. Now, at least there's a better foundation. I want to, at the end of the show or later on at 2.20, I believe we have that segment coming up, where we'll discuss the similarities between North Carolina and Duke and even the differences, because I do think there are differences in this team geared up to be the preseason number one team what they can do throughout the regular season. I do think there's a better foundation with this Blue Devil squad. It's not like that they just got hot at the end, and that's what gave us some confidence, somewhat like North Carolina. They performed pretty well for the most part all year long. They had their lulls maybe every now and then, but I do think there's a better foundation. Plus, they have Filipowski. If, if he comes back, how much does it depend on his presence, Wes? If he doesn't come back, then how good are you going to feel about this? Uh, it just depends on how good the freshmen are, to be frank. I mean, you've got five five stars to choose from, so you would think one or two of them are going to be pretty good at least. But if Filipowski comes back, I mean, this team's going to have crazy depth. Now, the question will be, if he comes back, Lively comes back, how many of those five stars are going to maybe request to be let out of their letters of intent so they can go elsewhere so they can play? All right, so com- uh, continue to text us on the Garage Door Guru text line. Talk about your movie experience. we got a fun show today. We're going to play the QB match game. We're going to play sound. We're going to leave the names out of the sound, and you have to guess what each piece of analysis matches up to, what quarterback each piece of analysis matches up to Stephen Holder, ESPN NFL insider. He's going to be joining us at two o'clock. So still plenty of Carolina Panthers conversation on the horizon. In fact, it's coming up next. ESPN has a timeline dedicated to the Panthers in their number one pick. What is the latest on that front? It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Overload of questions I want to send to the text line. Here's one more. What is the most wearable sports jersey across all demographics? Most comfortable jersey you can bring out at any different time of the year? Is it a basketball jersey, football, hockey? 704-570-9610. You can text us on the Garage Door Guru text line. Oh. 5709610. The hockey jerseys are so great. And I don't even watch hockey, as we've talked about. Our our good segment belonged to Sebastian Ajo. That was our one good hockey segment. It was funny how many people were complimenting, like, hey, good job, guys. You did it. <laughs> Sebastian Ajo, yeah. <laughs> it was like we were just learning how to talk hockey. And but we we can wear, or at least we can praise the jerseys because the logos are great. The jerseys, I think, are among the most wearable out there, especially with the long sleeves being a thing. And they've been doing a good job as well doing alternates now. You see so many teams getting those when they have the special games, when they play in the outdoor stadiums. Or a lot of these teams have multiple uniforms. I mean, the Canes just went all green this past Sunday against the Bruins with the Hartford Whalers look. Um, Sick. Yeah, man. They're dope. So, yeah, I'm going to get more. Like I told you all during the break, my custom jerseys came. Tell them what it says. Uh, my mom says Black Caniac, and then 14, uh, and then mine says W. Bryant for uh, with the 72. But I'm gonna get a custom Whalers, and I'm gonna get Black Ice, <laughs> which is, one. I mean, it's amazing. I love that a nickname we've talked about here on the show. 
is going to show up on the back of your Whalers jersey. Yeah, or Wes Gretzky. I don't know. That might be hard, too. I don't know if I can get that many Wes, please get black eyes. Okay. Wes Gretzky is, is also great. I get another one. All right. I, you get, know what? I get the black ice and the West. We're just sitting here getting filthy rich at WFNC. <laughs> you spend all the money you want to on hockey jerseys. Well, three, I'm still doesn't equal what you pay for. Well, never mind. I'm not going to be giving away all that. On okay. Radio. All right. We will transition quickly. I did <laughs> want to get to the movie experience just real quickly. Yes. Uh, 336 said, my mom would have hot dogs, fries, chips, drinks, Good and candy Lord. in her purse when they would go to the movies. Like Mary Poppins of going to the movies there. The bagel guy said, what's more of a crime, sneaking in candy to the movies or paying 25 bucks for two sodas and a popcorn? I imagine bagel guys speak a lot this of people's true. language. 980 number said, I have 100%. Sneaked in a cookout shake before. How? Look, people depends on what you wear, especially if it's in the winter time. This, you got a jacket on or something, you can just hold it in there. This Another guy said he he, he took a sub into the <laughs> My girl did that uh, the last one we went to. She had a cheesesteak. Look, this is this is <laughs> insane. <laughs> they don't okay. smell that. The the, the people. Oh, no, those kids don't care. We have some interesting listeners, and I love all of you for it. Here are the items that people have claimed to bring into the movies. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh yeah, it's 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 very impressive. A cookout milkshake. Okay. Number one troll said he brought an entire rotisserie chicken into the movies one time. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else said they brought in a whole steak dinner. On top of the list of the fries, hot dogs, burgers, candy. Sure, you had the whole picnic table in there too. <laughs> All of that in the purse that you would bring out, and then. Hot. There's a there's another hot dog reference, but you're bringing in whole dinners to the movies. I I don't even know how y'all find the space. If you get a, if you are with the woman or if somebody has a big bag, it's a lot. I guess I don't know. Mike. Uh, also, I don't even want to I want to want to snitch on some of these people saying what they're bringing in. I mean, I guess bringing if, in beer. <laughs> if you have a big bag and then you have uh-huh. the, the requisite Tupperware to put each of your items in. You're good. All right. So, yeah, please tell us some of the items. I mean, because that's, you know, I'm sure you're going to lie, but honestly, we can get wrong answers, too. Yeah. If you slice up the steak, put it in one Tupperware, then you have your sides and stuff in another, that's easy. That's all. Yeah, we can go on. Go go for Thanksgiving. (laughs) I I can't pass up the popcorn, man. And I don't care what y'all say. I think we've had this discussion on here before. I don't care what y'all say. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like the movie theater popcorn. I think they said it comes from Nebraska. I mean, it's what? nothing like it. all it. comes from one place? Is yeah, what you're yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. I looked this up. Okay, so the cor- the popcorn huskers is what they're doing over yes. there in Nebraska. Yes, man. I'm not passing that up. All right. I don't care what they charge me. All right. Well, I would say get your popcorn ready for Anthony Richardson's <laughs> pro day today because it's about to go down. We saw everybody going how down. excited. As soon as he was done with the combine, he put up numbers that were absolutely ridiculous. You have gone full bear on Anthony Richardson being drafted number one overall. And there is a whole timeline dedicated on ESPN to who the Panthers are going to take number one overall. So if we look at the latest reports, at least what Jeremy Fowler is thinking, what Dan Graziano is thinking, all of the latest on this number one report, it continues to be either Stroud or Bryce Young. It's either one between both of those two QBs and really not a whole lot on Anthony Richardson and or Will Levis, but we have heard some of the commentary that led you to believe that they are going to draft for the Florida QB, whether it be from Thomas Davis, mm-hmm. whether it be from Tony Pauline, Frank Reich talking about Anthony Richardson himself. And now, I did more research. Okay. 
Now, here's my question. <laughs> were you doing more research to back up your opinion? Yes. Or were you doing, well, yes. Or were you doing more research to actually get the truth? Because there are two different things here, Wes. I think you were doing more research to back up your opinion. For sure. That's what I. That's what you have to do. <laughs> well, you don't have to. You can just search the truth if you want to. I like to. to be thorough. That's fine. Go ahead. Let, let's hear. Let's hear the research that you got to say that the Panthers are going to draft Anthony Richardson number one. Well, we had in here in the rundown what is a similar developmental path that Richardson could take. Right. So it led me. Okay, we know guys in this league open up the doors for other guys. Drew Brees opened up the door for smaller quarterbacks. Russell Wilson continued to help do that. Then you had the quarterbacks that came in with the ultra athleticism that led scouts to be more comfortable picking these guys. So I think the Jalen Hurts effect could be taking place with Anthony Richardson because when you look at what was said about Jalen Hurts coming out, now this is from Walter Football, a site that I source a lot in uh, my work, but um, they called him a very limited passer. They said he struggled to see the field. They said he had poor vision, struggled to read defenses, slow to work through progressions, not an accurate passer, a one-read quarterback. That is exactly a lot of the narrative with Anthony Richardson and his accuracy coming out. They also tried to say Hertz had uh, issues with his attitude and things of that nature. But we know who is Frank Reich's homie, home slice, Nick Sirianni. And I think that Nick Sirianni and Frank Reich talk, and I think that he <laughs> sings the praises of Jalen Hurts, and I think that he could possibly be telling Frank Reich, you've got the next guy sitting right there in front of you and Anthony Richardson that could do what Jalen Hurts has done because all of the narrative about Hurts coming out is the same stuff they're saying about Richardson, and look what Jalen Hurts did this season. So really, you're just going with the QB comp and saying that's another reason you think he's going to be selected number one. I mm -hmm. thought you were going to come in with maybe some yeah, analysis from someone. It's the, it's, you know, in the NFL, it's like kids with toys. They see one kid with a toy, they want it. And I think teams saw what Jalen Hurts was able to do, the pressure he could apply on defenses, running and passing, his development as a passer. And yeah, I think teams look at that and say, I want that. I could see that. If you if you were to make a case for drafting Anthony Richardson, Jalen Hurts is not a bad comparison as far as a QB comp because this is what we want to do. We want to hear QB comps because it's easier to set some kind of precedent with what we've seen work in the past and Jalen Hurts working right now. So you could obviously go that route. I don't know if that necessarily means that Carolina is going to take him number one, but I do understand the comp. Like if you were to draft him. Yeah even if it was later or number one, whatever, that would be a path that you could say, okay, this is how it can work. Now, you got to invest a lot in the offensive line. You got to get a couple of awesome wide receivers, a Heisman winner in Devontae Smith, yeah. and a stud in A.J. Brown, trading that first-round pick. You also have a great defense that is made up of a whole bunch of pass rushers. But at the same time, it did work for Jalen, so maybe you could do that for Richard. Yeah, because coming into this season, a lot of people were looking at this, myself included, as probably his last as a starter in Philadelphia. A lot of people thought this was going to be it because he wasn't looking like the guy, and they felt like, okay, this is the year. If they don't like Hurts, they're going to move off of him and go elsewhere. Nobody saw this season coming that he had. Uh, so, yeah, that's why I said when I just looked at his – I just wanted to look at his evaluation to see what people were saying and just – the narratives are very similar, and I feel like Hertz is opening up the doors to show uh, these teams that guys can develop 
uh, and become, you know, elite. So this this report came out on Tuesday, March 28th to be exact. David Newton wrote, the Panthers reporter on ESPN, take it for what you will. He said Levis and Richardson still are being evaluated, so they're still technically in the running. But according to sources with knowledge of the search, the Panthers' choice is between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. The biggest difference between the two is size, which took up a considerable amount of Coach Frank Reich's time at Tuesday's annual media breakfast at the owners' meeting, and we've known that for quite some time. The last update here on the timeline, it's hilarious, too, as we've, as we've talked about the most attention the Panthers have ever received, certainly in the offseason. If you have your own timeline on one specific decision you're going to make on ESPN.com, then that is going to be tough to beat as far as other off-seasons getting more attention. Here's Dan Graziano writing on the Panthers. The Panthers would have you believe they moved up from number nine to number one in the draft without knowing which quarterback they're taking. As you'd expect, some people don't believe that and are very un- in a very unscientific poll of sources to whom I spoke with at the 2023 NFL annual meetings. They told me most people believe they know who they are taking, and that would be C.J. Stroud. Frank Reich is adamant, though, that they're going through the process. So it does look like, again, It's going to be between Stroud and Bryce Young, but Anthony Richardson, even Will Levis, apparently they're still a part of the process. Let's go to Russell Brown's soundbite here, Fiddy, where Russell Brown talks about how much he does love the physical characteristics of Anthony Richardson. With Richardson, what I like is just, you know, he's got incredible arm strength. And as you mentioned, he's got a lot of moments where he looks like, okay, yeah, he does look like a great quarterback, and then there's moments where he's not. But the the simple flick of the wrist, the elite mobility, and I just think the way he has – this, this ability to extend plays beyond the pocket is so different from a lot of quarterbacks and the way he na- navigates the pocket. For a guy that doesn't have that many starts under his belt, it's, it's a very great trait to have. Now, obviously, decision-making has got to get little, you know, a little better. Ball placement has got to get overall better. And, and he's just got to have his mechanics in line with his lower body, which are, these are big things that he's got to fix. But if he fixes it, man, the potential is through the roof for him. And I could see why a guy like Frank Reich would want him because obviously Frank, uh, Anthony Richardson is the only quarterback that's six foot four in this draft. Regardless of who it is, this draft, this first overall pick, carries big old Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen energy. Like, we're talking about Cleveland hiding their selection so close to the vest, nobody knew until the day of. And it was exciting because there were, there were even more QBs a part of this process. Now, you are making Anthony Richardson alive more than most. I'm not saying you're completely wrong. I don't agree with it. But you are one that believes Anthony Richardson still is very much in the running. Most people would have you believe that it's down to two, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. That draft had a multitude of guys. I, I, had, I had zero clue who Cleveland was going to take. But it is fun that we don't know who the number one pick is going to be at the most important position in sports, where you do have at least top four guys that are somewhat in the conversation, even if it is two that are clearly up at the top, I think this is all very good for Carolina. And that's why I do put some validity into Carolina wanting to milk this thing as long as possible because all of the attention is on them, Mm -hmm. right? And then so if they just came out and said, we're going to take C.J. Stroud, well, the conversation gets pretty boring at that point. Right. So I think Carolina, clearly David Tepper, he wants the attention. He wants all of that. And I understand why. I think that is part of the reason they're holding this, you know, so close to the vest, not letting everybody realize it. But it does make it more fun. You know, some people 
want to move on, get the draft over and done with, so we're not speculating anymore. But I'll tell you this, it's better than that than us knowing who it's going to be this far out. Well, to update you, too, the workout is now over uh, for Richardson. Uh, sporting news, according to them, they said he wowed the talent evaluators with his arm strength. I'm sure he did. They said his accuracy was solid enough, too, so that should allow his stock to rise uh, once again, they said his workout has been different than the other three. They said Richardson focused more on showing off his arm strength and ability to throw deep as opposed to short and intermediate. And they said his ability to hit players in stride uh, on throws that come with high degree of difficulty is impressive. And I don't know what it is about these pro days guys hitting the roof, but uh, add Richardson to the list of guys who have hit the roof uh, at pro day along with Bryce Young and Will Levis. Uh, did C.J. Stroud hit the roof too? I don't think he did. I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure what what he did. If if not, maybe that makes him the number one pick. Because as much as I like the arm strength hitting the roof, it's also there's not going to be a receiver camping up there to score a touchdown. So maybe that's a bad thing. But so yes, the <laughs> the, the, the report is, and I'm not surprised. Like we all knew Anthony Richardson was going to wow here. That doesn't change anything, right? Like the pro day was always going to be impressive for Richardson, just as it was with Bryce Young, just as it was with C.J. Stroud. And we've talked about it before. Pro days are designed to make you look as good as they possibly can. And Richardson, just the next beneficiary of that. Yeah, I mean, I think, too, though, that the accuracy was going to be important in this workout, though. And I think for them to say it was solid enough, too, uh, I think that bodes well for him. For sure. Every pro day, right? Like, I think, yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm not surprised. Are you surprised by anything you read there, though? Like, did you think you were going to get a different evaluation on his pro day? I thought there was a chance. News? I thought there was a chance that they he could have had a, a tough day from an accuracy standpoint. I thought they could. There There's, was a chance they could nitpick him. You, you can be inaccurate in a pro day enough to where people have concerns about it. It I might mean, not be enough, enough to say your workout was bad, but you can have enough. Your ball placement can be shaky. Yeah, I guess. I just, I would have bet, I would have bet a lot of money to say the reports are going to be very good. On because Anthony that's a pro day. Because even if you're throwing on air accuracy, like, because I tell, like we talked about before, telling people like you have to pay attention to the ball placement and how the receiver's reacting to the ball. And when you're going full speed and throwing it, you know, accuracy is not something that, you know, is just going to be there even if you do script it because that that's the most unpredictable part. I can show off that I've got a live arm, but am I going to put the ball to where it needs to go when the receiver's running full speed? Uh, that's a totally different thing. All right, we were talking about some jerseys. Uh, Big Chris from Shelby. He just likes the football jersey, the Cam Newton jersey. So, yes, you okay. can go individual players if you want, but he's going with the sport jersey there for football and Cam Newton. Number one troll, he said a cricket jersey. I don't even know what those look like. <laughs> What do those even look like? Yeah, Jimmy the Cricket on it. Is that right? Okay, yeah. thank you. I appreciate that. 704 uh, said, I want to know what strings Wes pulled to sound the horn at the Canes game. I was at the game cheering on all the way from Greenville, South Carolina. Yeah. Well, just uh, work 10 plus years, pay dues, get told go. all the stuff that you can't do, and then just keep okay, going yes. no matter what. Sleep on your mom's couch, go get garbage, do a lot of those type of things, get some good jobs, and then ask. Let's make the HBO documentary on West Bryant. Yeah, yeah. You do all that, and then you can. My my, my path to sounding the siren. <laughs> a West Bryant story yeah. here on so WFNZ. That, that's, that's how you get it done. I don't think, I think he was excited, though. I don't know if that was. No, no, no. I wasn't okay. saying it in that type <laughs> okay. of way. He just asked me, and I gave him the answer. I didn't know if he caught some unintended yeah, no, smoke no, there. Yeah, no, no, not at all.
Not at all. I like that. So the HBO documentary, we're about to start that soon. Yeah, we man. really appreciate it. Yeah. Hopefully it's better than air, by the way. Uh, <laughs> let's go to the first Fitty Flash of the day. What you got for us, Fitty? All right. Well, I'm actually going to turn our attention to uh, the Charlotte Hornets. It's not a positive update, though. Oh. As the Sacramento Kings <laughs> did officially clinch a spot last night in the NBA playoffs, the yep. Bugs now own the longest active playoff drought mm. in the NBA at six years going. I asked Jeff Ricker. He thinks that next year they could be back in the NBA postseason because he thinks if they're healthy, they're a play-in team. You get a top-four pick. You're going to have some more talent. Do you think that this time next year we'll be talking about a playoff team here in the Queen City? I do. You think so? I think if – I mean, again, morally – it's awful, but if they get Miles back and he comes back close to what he was, and if they're somehow able to get Wimby, um, if they get Wimby, I think it's a definite. Yeah, so, Wimby's going to be awesome. Yeah, if they have, I, I want yeah, so, so I, bad. <laughs> I, I definitely think so. With a healthy roster, Miles Bridges coming back, maybe, and then with that high draft pick, if they hit on that, yeah, I think so. I've talked about it so many times, but the Eastern Conference is very good. I don't expect those teams to get magically worse. In fact, I think some of them are going to get better. Now, the Nets, I believe, are in that last playoff spot. So we'll see what happens with them. I think play in. I think play in more so than a top six. I think they would end the regular season, certainly with a top 10 record, especially if Miles comes back. We'll see what happens with Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward signing P.J., this offseason could go a bunch of different directions, but I would say a play-in team is what Charlotte uh, is what Charlotte could hope to accomplish. Let's go to the campus corner. Coming up next on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. like Miami to beat UConn, believe it or not. Uh, they've averaged close to 85 points in their last three games. What's so impressive to me is they beat Houston and Texas. And those two teams were destined, in my mind, for the Final Four in many ways. They were built for the Final Four. I think this is Jim Laranaga's uh, swan song. I mean, he's getting up there in age a little bit. Uh, and I think he's going to win his first national championship. Welcome back. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You heard the voice of Paul B. and Cardi talking about the Canes and their Final Four matchup this weekend with UConn. Hit us up on the text line 704-570-9610. Hit up those socials, Wesson Walker Twitter, WFNZ Twitter, and the WFNZ Instagram. We are live from the Planet Kia Studios, but no cars in here. Okay, so... <laughs> there it is. Yeah, man. Talking the about the uh, talking about the Canes this weekend. And, Walker, we talked about yesterday. I talked about their run and if they were being uh, underrated. And so found this little nugget for you today. Their combined opponent seed total through four rounds is the lowest of any ACC team to make the Final Four since the field expanded to 64 teams in 1985. That came from ESPN's Brian Ivis. So Miami has had a sensational run knocking out the one and two seed and also knocking out the state of Texas from a lot of their hopes and dreams of having a home team uh, in the final four. So if Miami wins, what would be their identity within the conference? And before you begin, just to say that I'll start and say, I think that 
I look at Miami as a regular ACC team at this point. I feel like they fit demographically. And in nine of Jim Laranega's 12 seasons with the Canes, Miami has placed higher in the final ACC standings than it was picked in the preseason poll. So, yeah, I, I think with the identity for me, and I guess the, the kind of question for me is, if Miami wins this thing, let's just speak about them actually winning the championship. You're talking about the ACC. Everyone, there's this big old debate on how good it was this past season, whether it's a down conference. Jeff Goodman yesterday called it like a mid-major conference. Oh, and it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And then he said Pitt was picked to fin- to win the league, and I had to tweet on that. And I that said, was, uh, oh, did you? you went yeah, I tweeted, yeah. I said, Perfect. man, they were picked preseason 14th. I said, clearly y'all don't pay attention to the ACC. 100%, yes. Damn I like right. Angry Wes on right. Twitter going oh, after man. Jeff Goodman. But if you look at the ACC <laughs> schools, then North Carolina and Duke, are usually the consistent performers when you're talking about winning championships, getting to the Final Four. Virginia entered that realm to some degree. When you win a title, you're going to be in Tier 1 of ACC basketball, especially when you finish as much as you do at the top after the regular season is done. But who are the other schools in the ACC that even somewhat consistently get up there in the NCAA tournament? We can go to Maryland 20 years ago when they won a title and they beat Indiana. They beat Duke in the Final Four to do that. They got to the Final Four the year prior with Dixon, Baxter, and that crowd. But who are the other ACC schools to get there, right? So I guess my question is when we do this identity thing, are they more so Virginia where Miami is here and we can expect them to flirt with an ACC regular season title every year and then make deep runs in the tournament or, you know, Virginia at least had the one, right? Are they Virginia now or is Miami more Georgia Tech in 04? When Jarrett Jack, they had an awesome group of guys. They get to the championship games. Mm -hmm. They lose to UConn and then GT is pretty much out. And not to say that they didn't have history beforehand. Fiddy took umbrage with me saying they were P or point guard U, but at the same time, they got to the championship game once and then they were kind of done. Are they closer to Georgia Tech, Wes, or are they closer to Virginia as far as being up there? Or are they somewhere in between in your mind? That's a tough question. I don't like to ride the fence because when you look at it, when they beat Texas, that was their seventh win in the NCAA tournament over the last two seasons. That number nearly matches the program's all-time total. And then I just gave you the stat about Laranega and the success that they've had there. So this is a team that's always going to be there. The tricky part, or that's going to be there uh, as far as what they've shown recently, but the tricky part is we heard the end of that soundbite, him talking about Laranega riding off into the sunset. What happens if Coach L does retire? Then does this program take a hit? So that's the only thing. So if I have to choose and be decisive, I'm going to go Georgia Tech in 2004 simply because we don't know what the future holds for Miami going forward. If Coach L stays another few years, then I'll put them in the Virginia category. But for now, I'll go Georgia Tech because their future is uncertain if this is going to be Laranega's swan song. I think a lot of it does have to have to weigh on the coach too because you know Roy Williams coach K guys that were there forever Tony Bennett he's going to be at Virginia for a very long time and now with Jim Laranega it is because of his age that has you a little wary of them getting to that getting to that kind of status where at first you would view Miami a little bit like Florida State where they might have a good run when they had Shane Larkin Kaji and all those guys 10 years ago and they went on an impressive well they actually got beat what second round mm-hmm. a Marquette or Sweet 16 but they still had a very good team and then it took a while for them to get back up towards the top now here they are elite eight appearance last year mm-hmm. final four appearance the final you know this following season and 
maybe a championship. That's the question. If they win this thing, that's when you really have to try to figure out, okay, do they belong in Tier 1? Well, one thing I will say, though, if Coach L does leave, if they can make the right hire at Coach, I think Miami can be here to stay because we've seen that that alumni base is willing to spend. You see the Cavender Twins. Girls basketball have raked in over a million dollars in NIL money. They gave Nigel Pack the compensation package of over $500,000. We know Norchad Amir got a bag to come to Miami. So this is a program that is about winning. They want, they have great pride in their programs. They want to win and they're spending the money. So if they can hire a good coach that can come in there, just a basketball savant like Coach L, you can get recruits there. You can get the players to win because they're willing to spend in Miami in this new era. And and 704 number brought in a couple comparisons. We should have remembered Louisville. They're not in the ACC now, but Louisville did have at least their run in 2013, but they weren't in the ACC at that time, but Louisville did have that run. So, okay, still competing, I guess, with Rick Pitino. Syracuse has won. Where Syracuse was always weird, they would go on the run, but they were also a a further down spot. They'd be like a 10 seed or an 11 seed, whatever. And that was in Jim Beheim's kind of twilight. Notre Dame, I guess as far as the tournament goes, they had the one Elite Eight appearance, I believe. And that's when the undefeated Kentucky team. Back to back. Do they have back-to-back elite eight appearances? appearances. Okay, so maybe that might be a little bit better of a comparison if Miami loses. But it'll be interesting to see if they can break down that barrier and actually enter some kind of Virginia territory, especially, again, if we're speaking about them possibly winning a championship. All right, really quick before we get out of here, Terquavion Smith from NC State leaving. He said he is all the way in with the NBA draft. Is he making a mistake? I don't think he's making a mistake. I thought he was going to stay in the NBA draft just last season. He came back. He didn't improve his draft stock. I guess what you can say about him is if you were to come back, the class is a lot weaker next year. He did not have a great finish to the season, despite the the great game against Creighton, but we did have that long stretch uh, towards the end of the year. I don't mind him entering the NBA draft at this point, because if you come back and then put up the same numbers, right, like, and you're not necessarily all that efficient, and you still are going to be projected to go in the same area you were last year and this year, I don't mind it. I think it's okay that he goes. Uh, I think the way he ended the season, man, he just shows very inconsistent play. I think that he should have come back to NC State for one more year to get his game together, to mature it just a little bit. You talked about the draft class. I think he could have helped himself there. But when we return on the Wes and Walker show, we're going to have a little bit of a rookie quarterback match game. We're going to have all that and more when we return. This is the Wes and Walker show, Sports Radio 92. 7 WFNZ.